Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Best again this morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to be here again in your presence. I have come to magnify the God of the entire universe. I have come to magnify and give glory to the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords, Yahweh. I have come to magnify the one who is I am. You said that from generations to generations, your name will be I am. I have come to give glory to the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. You are the God who cannot die. You are the God who cannot be killed. You cannot be questioned. We give you glory and praise again this morning. We magnify you because you are the master of the universe. We, we magnify you because you are the one who holds the whole of creation in your hands. Be glorified, precious Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue our reading, commentary, and study of the New Testament. We are currently in the book of Mark, specifically in Mark chapter 10. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. God bless you. Thank you especially to those who are joining us today for the first time. If you are getting to um, listen to this podcast for the first time today, uh, thank you very much. I pray the Lord will continue to bless you, give you wisdom, give you understanding, give you discretion in everything in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so let's continue um, we took Mark chapter 9 yesterday, so we'll take Mark chapter 10 today. Mark chapter 10, Jesus discusses divorce. Let's see what Jesus says about divorce. And then Jesus blesses the little children, the rich man who came to Jesus, you know, asked him what else did he have to do. Is it a crime? Will a rich person get to heaven? You know, questions to ask. And then there is the case of Bartimaeus. I'm sure you remember Bartimaeus. Let's see what to learn from his story. Everything happens in Mark chapter 10. And then, then of course, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus predicts his death again. Remember that, so, as far as I know, having studied the Bible at least for for more than 30, 30, more than 30 times, you know, uh, since I became born again, I can tell that Jesus at least told the disciples that he was going to die at least five times. At least five times. We'll read about one of them again here in Mark chapter 10. 
It says then from verse 1, Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and into the, the area east of the Jordan River. He left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him. Crowds were always gathering around Jesus. Once again, crowds gathered around him. And as usual, he was teaching them. You see that? Jesus taught the people severally. He spent time teaching them the word of God. He said, as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. You see that? Remember I said yesterday that with the case of the man, the man with, with um, the child who was possessed by a demon, it was clear that they were dead just only to trap, trap Jesus. When they didn't meet Jesus, they met the disciples and then of course they would have thought, wow, what a wonderful opportunity. Let's see how much damage we can cause. And that was why they were arguing. Instead of focusing on doing something for the little child, the Pharisees were there just trying to trap him. And here they were trying to trap him with a question, just like, like I asked yesterday, what do you think the disciples and the Pharisees and the father of the child, they were arguing about? They would have been arguing over a question. How do you cast out a demon? Is the name of Jesus sufficient to cast out a demon? Ah, no, but we don't have anything like that in all of, of more than 7,000 plus years of, of history. You know, we don't have anything like that in, 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 in the Hebrew scriptures, in the Greek scriptures. We don't have anything like that. In the Old Testament, the name of Jesus was not present. So how could the name of Jesus cast out demons? Okay, this is the same argument we are still arguing today between Unitarians and Trinitarians, those who believe in the Trinity and those who believe that God is one. They reject the name of Jesus. Okay, so same thing would have been happening on that day. But here they try to trap Jesus with this question on divorce. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? That was the question. I'm sure you remember that, um, was it Matthew now, that puts it in a different light. He says, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for any reason? Okay, but here, he says, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Uh, Jesus answered them with a question, what did Moses say in the law about divorce? Because when God gave us marriage, God did not include divorce. Divorce entered, entered marriage because of the law. So Jesus asked, what did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it. They replied, he said a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. You find that in Deuteronomy chapter 24. Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 1 
could give her a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, he wrote. Jesus is telling them what Moses was thinking. (laughs) Why Moses did what he did. He wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. Wow. He wrote that that commandment as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female. God, but God made them male and female. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Genesis chapter 5, verse 2. God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. Um, It says this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. Explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. The reason why a father, a, sorry, a man leaves his father and his mother is because God made them male and female from the beginning. There is a part of you that is just connecting with the other gender. Okay, so I know that our word presently, um, there are all manner of things going around currently, the LGBT plus community lgbtq plus community you know we will disagree with the scripture but the scripture is the scripture hallelujah the scripture is the scripture and we cannot do anything against the word but for the word of god the bible says he made them male and female from from the beginning and that is what explains while a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one they become one flesh yes they become one flesh genesis chapter 2 verse 24 they, they are united into one See, since they are no longer two but one let no one split apart what god has joined together in other words it was not god's intention to split them haven't joined them together. Divorce is an aberration. Sincerely, it is an aberration. It was not what God intended. Divorce is as a result of sin, man's sin against God. Verse 10, later when he was alone with his disciples and and in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. You listen to what Jesus is saying, oh, whoever divorces his wife, I don't know what, what other people are saying. This is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus shared with us. Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery okay we know that in the parallel of this there is the caveat that says unless you know for the case of fornication but remember that when they shared their vow they said until death do them part so he's not talking about where death has separated them this is the case of divorce hallelujah all right so that's jesus's position on divorce 
Let's go on. Jesus blesses the children. Verse 13 says, One day some parents brought their children. They brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to receive it like a little child. You have to receive it like a little child. It's essential, very essential. You want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to receive it like a little child. But the first thing to note in this encounter is that Jesus says, let the children come to me. You notice that Jesus again and again in his earthly ministry broke barriers. Broke the barriers that have been set that have been set to segregate people, segregate children, segregate the sick. Those who had leper, for example, in Jesus' time were not allowed to mix with others. Jesus allowed that, reached out to them. Some healed them. In fact, went to search for them. And the woman, for example, with the issue of blood, okay? Ah, Jesus should have condemned her. He didn't. And here, Children shouldn't come to where adults were having serious discussion. They should be shooed away, shoo, go. But no, Jesus says, no, let the little children come to me. So Jesus was always breaking social barriers, ethnic barriers, gender barriers. He spoke to women. Women walked in his ministry. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at this story about the rich man and Jesus. So that's in verse 17. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? If I was the one too, I would have suspected this man. Why Why the need to call me good? Okay, No other person came to Jesus and was calling him good. So why need to ask uh, good first? Okay, why just speak plainly and ask your question? He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked, only God is truly good. Now there are those Unitarians who hold on to this that Jesus said, only God is truly good. Okay, so remember that for the Trinitarian position to hold, the Trinitarians are saying that Jesus left his glory, took on, was fashioned as a man, and so had the limitations of a man, could sweat, had to sleep, had to eat, okay? And didn't, at this point, didn't know all things. That was what Jesus gave up, okay? to come and die for us. It's whether you believe it or not. If you don't believe it, that's fine. Okay? But that is what the Trinitarians believe. So if that is true, then what Jesus says here is true. Only God is truly good. As by his earthly ministry, when Jesus, of course, leaves this earth and then 
puts on the glory he's always had from the beginning, that's a different situation. See, but to answer your question, you know the commandment. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Jesus was quoting Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, from verse 12 to about 16. Deuteronomy chapter 5, from verse 16 also. Jesus was basically quoting the laws that God gave to Moses. The man said, verse 20, Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was, I was young. I have obeyed them. And looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. In other words, the man was not lying. He was saying the truth. So even though he was a rich man, he had kept the law. Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. So, you see, this, this rich man, he had kept the law. The, there was no problem with the law. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. There was no problem with that. But you see, Jesus realized that he was failing with one very important commandment. You shall have no other God beside me. Money was his God. If you asked him, he would, re- he would, not, he would definitely not accept. He's a Jew. He would tell you that he worships Jehovah. But Jesus realized that his money had a hold on him. So Jesus said, give away your money. Ah, <laughs> allow money, mammon to go. And that's why the Bible says you cannot serve God. And mammon, choose one. The Bible is not saying that you cannot serve God and have mammon. That's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve both of them together at the same time. But you can serve God and have mammon. Mm-hmm. God is not against us being wealthy and that was the problem with this man was that he wanted to serve god and serve mammon at the same time you can have money and the money does not have you (laughs) the money does not control you that's what was happening to this rich man hallelujah 22 at this at this the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions he had many possessions you see that he had been acquiring wealth, acquiring pos- possessions. And Jesus realized that that was going to be a problem in the future. It might not be a problem presently right now, but the day is coming where you will have to choose between God and this possession. 23, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard. It is very hard. Now, here some manuscripts read very hard for those who trust in riches. That's what some manuscripts read. Okay, but let's just read the New Living Translation. It says, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. But you will have to agree with me that he is talking to about the rich man, right? Because when it says, Jesus, the earlier verse, Jesus said, how hard it is for the rich 
to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, so we will have to think that the next verse responding because the people responded with amazement will have to believe the next verse is also talking about the rich. Their children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person. You see, so he's talking about a rich person. For a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. If you don't read it correctly, it sounds as if it is hard for everyone, every single person. But Jesus is talking about those who have allowed mammon to, to occupy the place God should occupy in their heart. The disciples were astonished. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. They asked this question because during this time, during this time, you know, you want to come into the presence of God. You had committed any sin. You brought, for the poor, they brought a turtle dove. Okay? But when you brought a, you brought a big, a, a perfect, a perfect uh, lamb without blemish. Or you brought a perfect ram or a cow. Ah! Without blemish, without anything to sacrifice to God. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. So, it was easier for the rich to serve God. That was, you have to not see it sincerely. That was it. So, that was why the disciples were astounded. <laughs> if a rich person cannot enter the kingdom of God, or it's difficult for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God, ha, then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. Humanly speaking, if you are to rely on human wisdom, human capacity, human strength, you will not enter the kingdom of God. The Bible says that all of our deeds, all of our righteousness are like filthy rags before him. You cannot rely on human capacity to enter the kingdom of God. You need something more. Only God, only God makes it possible for us to enter the kingdom of God. And that is by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. So Jesus said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Let's, let's run now. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you. He said, yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or property for my sake and for the kingdom and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and properties along with persecution and in the world to come that person will have eternal life in other words jesus says christians will be blessed you can serve god and and receive properties houses okay jesus says it will come along with persecution with choosing me he says you will have eternal life but many who are the greatest now will be least important then and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Hallelujah. All right, so we have two, and I'm thinking maybe we should stop here. We have three more stories, and that would be too much for us to capture in one reading. So we complete Mark chapter 10 tomorrow. So let's take our lessons from, from today. What do you think? <laughs> 
can a rich person go to heaven? What do you think? Will rich people be in heaven? Aha! Okay. Um, if you have a response, I'm, I'm listening. Okay. So, will rich people go to heaven? Um, listen to the words. Listen to the words of Jesus here. Right now, I also said that Jesus was breaking several barriers, social barriers, barriers against children, against women, ethnic barriers. He spoke to the Syrian Phoenician woman, for example, in, in, in Jesus' day, a Jew would not allow such person to come to them. John chapter 4, he spoke to, to that woman you know, who said, ah, you Jews, this is how he broke barriers because the Jews would never have spoken with Samaritans, would never have spoken with Samaritans. Jesus broke several barriers. And what I'm saying this morning is that Jesus does not want us to put barriers, segregate ourselves in the house of God. If you are doing so, anywhere you are, it should not be. Jesus does not want us to put segregations in families. Jesus broke every barrier so that we can be one. Hallelujah very 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 important and you notice that jesus blessed the children right jesus blessed the children hallelujah we should bless our children lastly before we go this morning our final lesson is jesus's response on divorce jesus's response on divorce jesus hates divorce i know that there there will be reasons where a couple might need to separate from one another but I want you to know that from the beginning, it was not so. It was not what God intended. God is not denying the fact that there will be challenges in marriage and that there will be time couples might need, might need to, to, to stand against each other or fight over and quarrel over things. But in God's mind, divorce was permitted in the law. It was not what God intended. So let us not be quick to divorce from one another. Husband divorcing from wife, wife divorcing from husband in our clients now, practically for anything. Somebody just because they want to be able to do their own things, they tell you, Pastor, I am tired. I am tired of my husband. I am tired of my wife. Pastor, we have irreconcilable differences. What are you talking about? It is not what God intended. Father, we say thank you this morning. We give you all the glory. Can we just begin to pray? Lord, as we go this morning, we ask that your grace will rest upon us once again. We ask, Lord, that you will help us to be doers of these words in the name of Jesus. Help us to break every barrier that we have set in our homes, in our marriages, barriers between parents and their children, between husbands and wife. We ask, Lord, you will help us to break every social barrier, every ethnic barrier in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for our children this morning like you blessed our children. We pray for our children and we declare your blessings over them. We declare our children are blessed in the name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. 
and we give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.